You're listening to Comedy Central. February 27, 2020. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Our guest tonight is an amazing singer-songwriter here to perform music from her new album, Before Love Came to Kill Us. Jessie Reyes is joining us, everybody. <laughs> also on tonight's show, Jordan Clapper tries to get the black vote, why the coronavirus is good for Netflix, and why the bad guys don't use iPhones. So let's catch up <laughs> on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with President Trump ever since he moved into the White House. He's been worried about two things. One, that Eric would find out where he went. (laughs) And two, that a deep state inside his own government was secretly out to get him. Well, it turns out he may have been right. A doctor who once told the nation President Trump has incredible genes admits making some secret additions to Mr. Trump's diet. Ronnie Jackson served as presidential physician for five years until 2018. He tells the New York Times He and his staff are working on improving the president's diet. Those efforts reportedly included putting cauliflower in the president's mashed potatoes. (laughs) Jackson told The Times his goal was to help Trump lose up to 15 pounds. Yep, you heard that right. The White House doctor was secretly hiding cauliflower (laughs) in Trump's mashed potatoes so that he would eat healthier. And really, that's so unnecessary because Trump gets enough fiber from whenever he eats his burger without unwrapping it first. If this worked for his food, maybe they could also trick Trump into being more effective as a president. Like, maybe they could sneak intelligence briefings inside his porno mags. Yeah. That would be great for him. And then he'd learn something. He'd be like, wow, this lady's jugs are as big as the Russian presence inside of Syria. Hey, wait a minute. But for real, I I feel bad for Trump, man. Because this is the kind of trick you use on dogs, you know, to feed them pills. The White House doctor says he was doing this? You can't treat a grown man this way. Like, what happens if Trump gets injured? Are they gonna make him wear one of those cones so he doesn't chew on it? (laughs) It's undignified. I mean, sneaking cauliflower into his food is not cool. First of all, cauliflower isn't even one of the good vegetables. It's just light-skinned broccoli. (laughs) Boom! Roasted, you cauliflower! (laughs) All right, moving on to the world of entertainment. Yesterday, one of Hollywood's biggest directors gave up one of Hollywood's biggest secrets. There's no bad apples here. Ryan Johnson, writer and director of Knives Out, says that even though Apple allows filmmakers to use its products in their films, there's one exception. A bad guy or any antagonist cannot be seen using an Apple iPhone. Wow. I didn't know this. Only the good guys in a movie can use iPhones? I mean, now that we know it, it's gonna ruin the suspense in every film. Yeah, because now mystery movies won't even need detectives. They'll just be like, okay, I'm starting a group text. Let's see who's blue, who's green. Yep. (laughs) Christoph Waltz came in green again. Movie over. (laughs) And you know what? Forget movies. I don't even trust those people in real life. If I get a green text bubble, best believe I'm calling the cops. I'm just calling the cops. (laughs) All right, I'm moving on. We all know this week, President Donald Jaiho Trump made his first official state visit to India. 
And while he was there, he said everything was great. Well, it turns out that in the streets of New Delhi, the situation was spiraling out of control. Violent clashes between Hindus and Muslims in the Indian capital of New Delhi have left at least 20 people dead and more than 150 hurt. At the center of the dispute is a controversial new law, which makes it easier for non-Muslims to become citizens of India. The fighting began Monday between thousands demonstrating for and against the new law, and it coincided with President Trump's visit to India. When asked about the violence, Trump praised Modi for fighting for religious freedom. He wants people to have religious freedom, and very strongly. And he said that in India, India they have uh, they have worked very hard to have great and open religious freedom. He said that an idiot. <laughs> this is really interesting. So Trump asked Modi, "What's going on with religious violence?" And then Modi says, "Well, nothing to do with me." And what Trump just believes him? Like, how is he so gullible? Anytime a world leader says they're not guilty of something, Trump just believes it. Whether it's Putin, Kim Jong-un, Modi, it doesn't matter. Like, Trump would be the perfect partner to cheat on, you know? Just be like, hey, you got a text from Big Dick Dave. <laughs> Who is that? To be like, oh, that's just my really tall friend, Richard Dave. <laughs> oh, okay, have a fun night working late. <laughs> And you know, I'm, I'm not only worried about what's happening in India right now, I'm worried that the situation in India might affect the United States. Because in this country, rich white women love copying everything from Indian culture. Yoga, chai tea. Pretty soon, they're gonna be running around in the streets like, I read about this new Indian ritual on Goop. You go into the streets and you beat the shit out of someone who's totally different than you. I do it three times a week and I feel so refreshed afterwards. Yeah. It's like an ethnic cleansing. <laughs> now, now here's the deal, here's the deal. I'm gonna simplify it, but the story around the unrest in India is a really complicated issue. What it boils down to is, India's current leader, Narendra Modi, who is Hindu, has been accused of creating laws that oppress the rights of India's minority Muslim population. And once again, we're in a situation where religion is causing people to fight against each other. And guys, I'm not gonna lie, it, it makes me so sad. We shouldn't be fighting over whether we're Hindu or Christian or Muslim or Jewish. We should all come together to fight the real enemy people with green text bubbles. <laughs> Goddamn all of them. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. Once again, the top story in the news is the coronavirus. It has become one of the worst diseases to hit the world since the Bud Light virus. <laughs> I still remember my grandfather's last words. Was, uh... <laughs> Now, every day, we learn more about this disease and how it's affecting the planet. So, let's check in on the latest coronavirus news in our ongoing segment, Is This How We Die? <laughs> the coronavirus has quickly turned from a regional concern in China to an international sensation. And now that it's spread to six continents and 52 countries, drastic action is being taken around the globe. The spread of the coronavirus continues to have a serious impact around the globe. In South Korea, officials announced that joint drills with the United States military will be postponed indefinitely. Saudi Arabia has temporarily suspended entry into the country to people who wish to complete pilgrimage to Mecca amid fears over the virus. At a hotel in Spain's Canary Islands, the doors are chained shut, and nearly a 1,000 tourists there have been ordered to stay in their rooms. Japan shutting down all elementary, middle, and high schools from now until late March in hopes of controlling the outbreak. That's right, Japan has canceled school for a month. 
Quick, America, now's your chance to catch up in math. Come on, everybody, learn the quadratic equation as fast as you can, come on, do it. And as for Saudi Arabia, you realize this is a big deal, right? Canceling people's pilgrimage to Mecca, that's huge. And they didn't stop there. In an even more drastic move, Saudi Arabia said that women aren't allowed to leave their homes starting 80 years ago. But it doesn't matter where you are in the world. From China and Spain to Saudi Arabia and Japan, the coronavirus is going after everybody, which is really scary, but also really woke. Yeah, I mean, you don't think about it, but the coronavirus is more diverse than the Oscars. Everyone gets a chance. And now, luckily, here in the US, the reported cases of coronavirus are still very low. And yesterday, President Trump announced that he'd be putting Vice President Mike Pence in charge of fighting the disease. I know it seems ludicrous, but maybe the plan is to just have Mike Pence bore the virus to death. Just be like, and my second favorite book of the Bible would have to be <laughs> Leviticus. I, I always think that the coronavirus is like, ah, I'm going back to China. <laughs> but while most people in the US have avoided the virus, there has unfortunately been one major victim very close to Trump's heart, the stock markets. Breaking news out of Wall Street for the fourth day. Stocks are plunging, and again, it's over the coronavirus. It is down 1,195 points right now. And this is now the worst week for the market since 2008, the height of the Great Recession. So interesting dichotomy setting up in the market right now. The stay-at-home stocks versus the go-outside stocks. You've got names like Peloton, Netflix, all yeah. outperforming. And then the go-out stocks, the restaurants, the Ubers, are all getting hit. People are not gonna go out if and when coronavirus comes here. Yes, the stock market is tanking right now, except for stocks like Peloton and Netflix, because those companies win when people don't leave their houses. Yeah, but I still think these companies need to innovate to keep up with the virus, you know? Like usually, if you've been binging Love is Blind for 10 hours, a screen pops up and asks, are you still watching? Yeah, but going forward, it should probably say, are you still alive? And the answer is probably no, because Cameron and Lauren's romance destroyed me. <laughs> and honestly, I, I get why Netflix would be popular, but I don't get why Peloton is blowing up. Like, there's no point in exercising during the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, because when you finally go outside, you have a six pack, but there's no one there to appreciate it. It's like, is anyone out there? Is anyone there? Look, my stomach is divided into sections now. <laughs> So yes, Peloton, Netflix, and stay-at-home companies are hashtag winning thanks to the coronavirus. But because many people don't want to stay at home, there's another industry that's also taking off. The coronavirus emergency, we're seeing a rush to buy those face masks. Stores and websites sold out. ABC News gaining exclusive access inside this 3M factory in South Dakota where they're working around the clock to meet demand. Amazon even reportedly warning third-party retailers that are taking advantage of this mask hysteria, raising prices by more than 400%. That's right. So many people are going out and buying masks that stores have completely run out and people who have the masks are charging a fortune. Yeah, that's why I did the next best thing, and I just bought a DVD of the mask. Yeah, <laughs> you just hold it right here in front of your face, and no one will bother you because you look like a crazy person. <laughs> Keeps you healthy, and it's a good movie. So that's the latest with the coronavirus. It's hurting the economy, nations around the world are on high alert, and everyone is on edge. And I get it, I really get it. I mean, right now, some of you in the studio audience, you're probably nervous that you don't have a mask of your own. Well, don't worry, my friends. I've got you covered. If you feel under your seats, 
I've put the coronavirus down there. <laughs> so now you don't have to worry about having a mask because you're already infected. All right, that's time for an ad break. 98% of us will be right back. weekend, we'll see the Democratic primary take place in South Carolina, which means all the white candidates are gonna be working really hard to appeal to black voters. But how has that outreach been going? Well, we sent our very own white person, Jordan Klepper, down to South Carolina (laughs) to finger the pulse. South Carolina is the first place black Democratic voters will really be heard in this primary. So I hitched a ride to the historic city of Charleston. Here I noticed something. No, it wasn't the antebellum cosplay. It was the ads that candidates were running. They all seemed to feature a familiar face. This is an extraordinary man with an extraordinary career. Elizabeth understands what I strongly believe. Mr. Michael Bloomberg is here. So it seems like a lot of white folks think standing next to a cool black person gives them legitimacy. But is it effective? Let's ask my good friend, Roy Wood Jr. I know why you brought me here. Because we're in your hometown, South Carolina. I'm from Alabama. We'll fact check that. So Roy and I happily went to Charleston to see if voters noticed the Democrats' brilliant strategy. Have you seen the ads? Yeah, I've seen the ads. It looks like Obama's running again. All of them have these commercials now with with, uh, them and Obama saying stuff about them. It's just the candidate with like African-Americans. Your stance cannot be what Obama did eight years ago. We, we want someone that's gonna be, I, I feel in that sense, authentic. Every it's, day when you wake up, you want a candidate exactly. above all things right. who cares about you. You, yes. And if and you- And has like a good picture with Barack Obama. Right. But, no. no. Who think that black people like the white people that got a picture with Obama? I've never said that. I have African-American. That's what you said. That's the term that's I use in African-American. Listen, bro, you can't ride on Obama's coattail. We're not, that's not how we vote. Which candidate has the best OPV? Break that down. Obama, proximity, value. The closer you are to Obama, the more black people like you. That's a funny question because I personally never even considered that. Who's got the best OPV? Black people don't care about white people in ads with Obama. I don't know, because everybody running an ad with Obama in it right now. That's what I'm I'm saying. saying. On behalf of black people, this is what black people want to see. They want to see how close to these black people. I spend a lot of time around black people. You hang with me. Well, he's at a table with three black people right now. You got to give the brother credit. Thank you very much. But even Roy recognizes the power of proximity. This is a picture of me with Barack Obama. If you look closely, that's Obama, and that's me all the way over there. Is that technically even the same room? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the same. That's, wow. that's Trevor, and there's a bunch of white people, and then it's me. Are these like interns? These are Daily Show interns in so, between you and Obama. Those are and writers. Those are respected people on the show. That's an, that's an intern. He, he worked at the Daily Show for a month, max. It just looks like you was just thrown in as a prop. It does look like that. She is 100% right. You look like a prop. I'm not a prop. I'm an employee. No, I understand that, but... This is everybody that works Well, the I'm just saying how you look. You look like they, you know, tokenizing you in that picture. All right. South Carolina voters are not easily duped by the slick political advertising strategy of my one black friend. But who was breaking through? I do particularly like Biden. We need health care, and Elizabeth is going to get that done. Well, for me, um, definitely Tom Steyer. I'm talking about equality. Wait, what you say? What you said his name was? Tom? What's his name? Steyer. Tom Steyer? Yeah. Tom Steyer has a message that resonates and connects 
uh, with people. Do I follow my heart and vote for somebody like even Tom Steyer? I, like, I, like I mean, Tom Steyer. Who is Tom Steyer? Tom Steyer is saying some good shit. Who the f is he? I've never heard of him. I don't know. The words you're saying make no sense to me. Turns out this mythical beast spent more money on ads in South Carolina than anyone else. And Steyer's commercial doesn't even have Obama endorsing Steyer. It has Obama endorsing a woman. I heard this voice behind me. Her name is Edith Child. Who then endorses Steyer. Tom spied up and Trump got to go. I'm Tom Steyer and I approve this message. To find out more about Steyer, we went to South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn, who recently endorsed the candidate with the highest OPV, Joe Biden. Well, you know, Steyer came in. He's, he's made it dicey. He's made it dicey. In what way? Well, he's spending millions. Mm -hmm. Money will make things dicey. He's running second or third in South Carolina now. It's what... John Steyer is running third? It's Tom. Tom. Tom? Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer. Yeah. I think. It's Tom, right? Tom. So Roy and I decided it was time to go see the candidates, like Biden and Warren and... Tom Steyer? Tom. Tom. Thank That's you. His name? Right. Appreciate that. You get the chip. It was inspiring to see candidates engage with the voters of South Carolina. And finally, in a little church outside of Charleston, we got to see the Tom Steyer. And while Steyer is just a blip nationally, he does have some intriguing ideas. I think I'm the only person running for president who's for reparations for slavery. Because I want to tell the truth. Tom Steyer! Tom Steyer. You're Tom Steyer. You guys are so excited. You're Tom Steyer! We know this election could go a lot of different ways, and in case it doesn't go the way you want it to go, <laughs> can I get an advance on my reparations? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not laughing. I'm, yeah, this guy. I'm for real. These Democratic candidates are fired up Ready to go. We are sure that was Tom Steyer. Wait, that wasn't Tom Steyer? I'm pretty sure, 70%. Jordan Kaplan, we're with June, everybody. We'll be right back. My guest tonight is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter whose forthcoming debut album is called Before Love Came to Kill Us. Please welcome Jesse Reyes. Thank you. Welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you. And congratulations on all of your success. Congratulations on being nominated for a Grammy. Congratulations on doing so well. I mean, you, you, you seem like you've just come out of nowhere, but you have been doing this for a really, really, really long time. One of my favorite introductions I've ever heard you give is you said, hi, I'm Jesse Reyes, and I write sad songs. <laughs> is that how you see yourself? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I write a lot of sad songs. But it's, it's not like someone play like a little violin or something. <laughs> it's, it's just, I just happen to get more motivated to write when I'm sad. I write happy songs, they're just few and far in between. Right. Mm -hmm. But you, 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 you're, you're, the songs that you've released so far, you know, because we're still waiting for the album which is gonna be coming out, but the songs that you've released might have a sad tone to them, a sad feeling, but it's, it sometimes feels like there's, there's always a, an undertone of love. There's always, there's always like a dream that you're going for. There's always, there's always a feeling of hope in the music itself. Is, is that something 
that you saved for the album and then like you write fun songs for other people? I guess that's funny. Um, sometimes, sometimes when I make songs for others, it's kind of like if I made a sweater, you know, and I knit this beautiful sweater and I'm like, oh, it's nice. And I try it on and I'm like, this doesn't fit right, you right. know? And then I give it to somebody else and it fits them perfect, but it might be happy. Like I've given away sad songs too, but I feel like in life when you're conscious of the fact that like highs and lows, black and whites, up and downs have to exist, then sad songs have a little bit of love and even love songs have a little bit of sadness because you know that that love can't last can't last because nobody gets out of love alive like we have to you know i know Oof. Yeah. wow wow nobody gets out of love alive well no because well, what is love the coronavirus <laughs> wow jesse you just like you just took us on that like do you really believe that well well yeah because think about it if i mean it's listen if you, if you fall in love and you're lucky and you happen to be that minority that finds the love of your life, uh-huh. and statistically, no, like, statistically someone's gonna cheat. We've got Instagram, we got Tinder, we got all this BS that's like catered to lying to somebody or catered to finding quick love right, right, and right. not what you work for. So suppose you, you get by all that and you find the love of your life and you guys are down for each other and nobody lies and you make it till you're old and gray, which is beautiful, Eventually, somebody has to die. That's like the truth of human life. <laughs> somebody so has to so die. So you don't survive love. You don't survive love, but you know what, though? If you keep that in mind, then today you might not cheat. If you know that tomorrow's your last day, then today you might not be a jerk. Today you might be authentically yourself. Today you might confess something. If you know that tomorrow, it could be all over. Wow. That's a... See, that's what I mean. It, 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 it starts out sad, and then it becomes this beautiful inspiration, a story of hope. <laughs> your, your story is one that's, that's full of inspiration and hope because, you know, you, you, you live in a family, a family of immigrants who moved to Canada. Um, I mean, Canada seems to be producing so much musical talent right now. It's, it, it's really insane. But you, you were busking at one point, that's you know? Right. It's not like you had this immediate rags-to-riches story. When you were doing that, did you think that you were gonna see the blow up the way you have now? Because you have fans like Billie Eilish, for instance, who goes like, I love Jessie Reyes, which is, which is really amazing. Yeah. In fact, you're gonna be touring with her. I am. That I just am. got announced like now, today. <laughs> so when, when you look at that journey and, 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 and what it's been, what's, what's the story you tell yourself of your life? That I'm blessed that I'm honored, that I'm lucky, that that my hard work's paid off and I can't really like stop. Mm-hmm. I can't stop. It's, 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 it's not often that I kind of, like it's, it's only when people ask me that I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. I remember the days where I had to bartend until like six in the morning counting tips. I remember the days that I made two bucks busking because I couldn't get anybody to stop. I remember the days I had to hand out mixtapes, begging people to listen to my music for free. I remember all those days. So when I think about that, it kind of makes me more appreciative now. And now when I'm tired, if I'm on a tour bus, I just like, I look at, or no, I'll give you a better example. When I'm at home, I have my old, it's like Sobeys was our Publix. So you know how we have Publix in the States? We have Sobeys in Canada. Mm-hmm. I used to be a cashier there and I used to write songs on receipts. So I keep my name tag on my shelf just to like click back in that I'm like, this life isn't normal. Touring, doing what I love isn't normal. So I gotta make sure I stay on top of it, stay grateful, stay focused. Stay focused. You strike me as someone who, you strike me as someone who has, has a, a passion and a drive about you that, that not many people naturally would possess. 
You know, um, one of the things you said that I found really interesting is I read you, you, you talked about Coachella and you're performing at Coachella yes, for the sir. first time. Congratulations, Thank you're you. on the bill. But you said something really interesting. You said a few years ago, you had the opportunity to go to Coachella and you said, no, I don't want to go to Coachella until I'm performing at Coachella. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's jokes. It's how, I, first of all, I have to thank my parents. Like that, that, that uphill immigrant battle is a real thing. And watching my parents have to like, hell yeah. Watching my parents have to like hustle, yeah. hustle, hustle twice as hard for opportunities, have to navigate in a world where they didn't speak the, like the first language is Spanish, mm -hmm. have to navigate in a world like that, have to just, just work their asses off. I feel like it taught me to make opportunities from failure, make opportunities from, from any time that something seems too hard. So, so if friends ask me to go out to a club, in my head, I'm like, I think of my bartending days, and I'm like, I don't want to be there if I'm not making money. So Coachella was kind of the same thing. I was like, do I really want to go if I'm not working? You know what I mean? You got to make that money. You got to make that money, maybe. You're doing it now. I mean, you're going to be on tour with Billie Eilish, and then you're going to be on tour doing your own thing. You are blowing up exponentially. What is, what is the one thing you dream of doing? Is there one collaboration? Is there one place you want to perform? Is there, because now the sky seems to be the limit for you. Um... Hmm. Well, because I've had, I've, I'm such, such a believer in affirmations and in list of goals and making sure you have a map because otherwise, how do you know where you're going? So a map is like your list of goals. For a long time, I've had on there like a farm from my dad. I've had a few accolades on my wall. My mom um, in Colombia used to work with kids and my dad lost his mom very young. So I want to work with kids that don't have that that, I guess, stable home base. Mm -hmm. So I want to start an orphanage and name it after my mom. Thank you. All this, this is so funny. All this sounds like I'm this great human being. Like, I, I drink, I cuss. Like, don't think all this is all like that. Hey, man, but, if, if you drink and cuss and open orphanages, I think that, that more than balances things out. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to see you perform. I think everyone's going to fall in love with Thank you. Thank you. Before love came to kill us, we'll be available March 27th. She's phenomenal. You make sure you get this album. Catch her on her headlining tour this spring and opening for Billie Eilish in March. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.